0: If you're doing well for others, there's not gonna be that kind of red tape that comes in. the problem is that things become predatory and you don't think about the person before you thought about your paycheck. And when that kind of uh, perspective happens, that is when stuff becomes predatory. That's when people get taken advantage of. And then guess what? That's when they're writing to their local congressman, congresswoman, senator, mayor, whatever you want in in any kind of government uh, level. That only happens when you are doing disservice to the population. And I think that it, there are some, some people that need to be put into accountability. Uh, for, the why, for, the, for the most part, wholesaling has a very low bar- barrier to entry. You can go get some, some business cards from Vistaprint and call yourself a real estate investor. And, and I get it. I, everybody starts at some place. Uh, but that's why I went to a brokerage and I got my agent's license because I always wanted to be held to a, a higher standard. And uh, for the people who are realtors or brokers, agents, whatever, you kind under, of understand that you've had to go through this. You have, you, Hopefully, you will have a code of ethics with you um, that goes into it. And I think uh, these kind of things are going to keep on happening because people are being taken advantage of. Mic check. good. Mic check. Mic check. You can read about success all day long, but if you don't put in the work, the mindset, execution, and the hustle behind your vision, it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong, you have to take all the responsibility. We uncover what high-level entrepreneurs, business owners, do to rise up from hustling daily. So do
1: what you feel passionate about. Take chances. The world becomes your library to help you become better at your craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow your business, learn skills, and help you level up in your self-development journey. Your number one spot for business and personal growth is The Online Hustlers Podcast with your host, Esteban Andrade. We have right now A new episode of Online Hustlers Podcast in this REI Marketing and Conversion episodes, the theme that we have for you, real estate investors, wholesalers, real estate entrepreneurs, agents, whoever is watching. And we're bringing in diamond players here every single week where you can learn and grab a lot of golden nuggets, diamond nuggets about every single one of these players because they've done uh, things to grow their business, start their business get some momentum, get something going for their business. And also they are just as a whole entrepreneurs. And we're going to have someone special here. Uh, His name is David Pupo. Uh, David Pupo works along with Jason, his partner, and they work in Florida. They're from Florida uh, house buyers. And we have here uh, David, uh, please, David how is everything going with you man i know that i've uh, been looking forward for this for some time we haven't been able to do this but now we have you and uh, we have to say hello to our audience who have to say hello to listeners here uh how's how are you doing man and like tell me where you are actually doing everything that you do for real estate investing at sure thanks
0: for inviting me bud um yeah, yeah we've had some scheduling conflicts but i'm happy to be able to share the, the kind of value that we're bringing over here at Florida House Buyers with uh, some of the other clientele that you're working with or potential people who are looking for additional marketing. Um, what we do right now is primarily a virtual system. Um, we use social media with you guys, and then we also have our in-house uh, pay-per-click team. Um, for pay-per-click, we are in Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Georgia. Uh, and for our social media, we are only in Florida right now, but I'm sure we will be expanding out shortly.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. So I really want to uh, understand stuff because you're coming from a background uh, where you've 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 taken, let's say, call it in quotations, proper real estate education. All right, you've taken some great masterminds, you've taken some great uh, coaching from different people. But if we were to backtrack on everything that you've done and just kind of go back in time. You at some point you were just starting at some point you were just getting to know the business. And at some point you didn't even even have a partner such as such as Chase, Right. Yeah, so absolutely. I want to really hone in into like your whole be- beginnings, because uh, where you are right now is you're you're you just celebrated with Champagne 20 deals being closed in your first in your in your in your month of September. All right. Yeah, no,
0: unfortunately not closed, but 20 acquired. Um, some of these, as we'll jump into, just take a little bit long-term strategies, but nevertheless, uh, a great, great celebration to be able to get 20 properties under contract and impact 20 people's lives that come Absolutely. from a variety of different issues.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I love what you're saying because you're actually mentioning a great, great word here, impact other people's lives. And you're talking about your clients. Your clients are homeowners. Your clients are people that are going through difficult times. Uh, so as, at the beginning, when you were starting out this business, how did you see real estate investing or wholesaling as a whole in, in order to, to, to really take it to the levels where you are? Just tell me a little bit more about your story starting out. Yeah, man. I mean, the amount of technology
0: innovations with wholesaling since I began is through the roof. Um, back when I started and I'm saying back, like it's like a a decade or so ago, I started doing this full time in 2016. And in that time we were primarily doing, uh, we were still at the tail end of the recession. So we were still getting a plethora of short sales. We were doing still some foreclosures, uh, marketing was direct mail and bandit signs at that time. Oh, Uh, since then it's allowed us. I mean, like I said, almost every single year, I feel like though, there is some, uh, innovation, and I think that is really where the good people become great is um, not only being able to understand uh, what's going well in your business right now, but what is coming up in the future that you could take advantage of is is so critical, especially with how quick uh, technology and the innovations are nowadays.
1: Matt, so you were taking proactive uh, approaches right uh, at the beginning or at least having a very proactive mind mindset towards your business. Because you knew that this is a always changing business in terms of how you acquire your clients, how you acquire your customer and, and how you actually fulfill for them. Right. Like where you actually get to do stuff for them. And you Tell me right now, uh, when you started, uh, did you start just uh, focusing on wholesaling and that's everything you would do or what, what, how was it that you really started on this game? I started with
0: a brokerage that primarily focused on wholesaling at that time here in Orlando. And at that time it was hustling, man, it was hustling. It was getting in my car, putting out 50 to hundred bandit signs every single day, building up a buyer's list. And, uh, at that time it was siloed, uh, that people were, would bring, uh, you know, buyers to the table for the properties that were currently already acquired. Uh, nowadays, as I'm sure we'll go through the system, it's, it's changed for a lot of the better, but those are also, of course, humbling days where you're doing a lot more of the footwork, the grinding. Um, cause now as you get into an, uh, a day and age where things are virtual, um, I do see people, uh, I'll call them a little soft and don't know what to do because they're so afraid of taking that next action. Maybe it's just simply, as I've mentioned, just getting on your feet and taking some action. Um, that was something that was in the beginning. Uh, now we're at least in an opportunity where we don't have to do that, but
1: it's always there. Absolutely, man. And you started as a broker. So basically you were licensed, correct?
0: I started off with a brokerage. I am a real estate
1: agent and actually
0: uh, coincidentally enough, Jason, my partner is a broker. So yeah, we are both licensed.
1: That's great. So one of the things that I have learned very, very quickly this year and last year, the last years is that um Wholesaling is going to is starting to take a a little bit of a, a restrictive downfall by governments, by legislations and things like that. And of course, uh, you starting as an as an agent gives you definitely a double edged sword: uh, being licensed, uh, making sure that you have a little bit of slight edge over your competition, uh, and having different perspectives of doing that. But right now, that it's being uh, wholesaling is being actually. Legislated in different states, man. It's something that uh, what you're doing is it's definitely is a way to calibrate that for the future, right? So, so like not being able to do wholesale in your state because all of a sudden then it's it's just uh, restricted to only agents. Then it's gonna make it's gonna make your 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 business and your future businesses go downhill. So. With that agent, you you kept the license and you've been doing also real estate deals on that side, or how do you mm-hmm. currently leveraging that in your current business?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the first and foremost thing with the, the sanctions that are coming across the nation state by state, I think uh, just this week, I think I saw Oklahoma was one of the new ones. If this stuff is coming up, that means we as wholesalers have done a disservice to people. And I I think that needs to impact and have a a great understanding with the people who are listening to this kind of podcast. If you're doing well for others, there's not going to be that kind of red tape that comes in. the problem is that things become predatory and you don't think about the person before you thought about your paycheck. And when that kind of uh, perspective happens... That is when stuff becomes predatory. That's when people get taken advantage of, and then guess what? That's when they're writing to their local congressman, congresswoman, senator, mayor, whatever you want in in any kind of government uh, level. That only happens when you are doing disservice to the population. And I think that it, there are some some people that need to be put into accountability. Uh, for the why, for the for the most part, wholesaling has a very low bar- barrier to entry. You can go get some some business cards from Vistaprint and call yourself a real estate investor. And, and I get it. I, everybody starts at place. Uh, but that's why I went to a brokerage and I got my agent's license because I always wanted to be held to a higher standard. And, uh, for the people who are realtors or brokers, agents, whatever you kind of understand, you understand that you've had to go through this. You have, you, hopefully you will have a code of ethics with you, um, that goes into it. And I think, uh, these kind of things are going to keep on happening because people are being taken advantage of. And, and it's a shame and that should, we should never be in a state that people are being taken advantage of, especially here in Florida, there's a, probably an older population. And if you start becoming predatory with that older population, that's where the sanctions come in.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. So one thing that you definitely understood is that you had a very uh, customer success, customer service oriented business. That has allowed you to really make a difference on the people that the clients that you're serving but at the same time on the ways that you are acquiring properties which is because and making money that's the main important thing here like you want to make money all right and you're you're, you've been able to do it in really creative ways and not just having one trick uh to the whole thing Uh, and it's eventually in a compound effect bill helping you to get 20 contracts locked up this month right and mm-hmm. uh, now you're doing it in several states uh so i really want to uh, uh understand uh when when you were starting out in the brokerage you had the agent side and you had the wholesale side but eventually at some point you learned there is really other ways where you can actually skin the cat and help your clients can you please tell me more about that yeah yeah i think in
0: the beginning people had to have some kind of caution to how many different avenues there are in real estate. I think I would be so much further along if in that first year or two, I didn't have shiny object syndrome. As you mentioned, yes, I was doing certainly some real estate transactions. And then I started realizing I didn't care for real estate transactions as much as I like doing the, the investment stuff. That stuff is what really is what gets my mind going in the morning. And doesn't shut it off until I go to sleep later on that evening. Uh, The agent stuff, I used to do new construction home sales for a very nice period. It's called Winter Park here uh, in the outskirts of Orlando. And I just realized it wasn't for me. Um, It wasn't the kind of people I like to deal with. I didn't feel like I was making as much of an impact as I was in the investment community. So then uh, from doing that, I started really focusing in on the education and then, you know, I, and everybody says this, but there's a reason why a lot of people say it. Through that education, I started taking more action. I took more action and then I had trials and then I had errors, trials and errors, trials and errors. As you mentioned, it's a compound. If you learn from those errors, you get to have a new experiment. and Then that new experiment becomes a new status, a new platform. and You just build on top of that. Nothing is ever known from day one. You have to, Educate yourself, and then you have to put that education into into actual practice. You have to take the action on it, so you can learn. Okay, well, here's where we probably could have done something better. Here's where we actually did really well. So you can't have a you can't have that uh, mentality of well, I got to get this right the first time. Uh, in some scenarios, like maybe like a like somebody getting foreclosed on, you got to get it right the first time. I will agree. There are there are certainly those kind of scenarios, but you can't be afraid to try something new. If you think it's going to benefit the person as well, you know, bring it back always to the people. Um, And that's where we've had a lot of success is what does this person want? What does this person need? Not what I can pitch them. That's where everybody gets it wrong. Uh, Not a lot. Not everybody. But I would say it it is certainly the good to great thing. Stop trying to pitch what you what you have as opposed to listening to what they need.
1: Absolutely. So you really focus on exactly how you can really help and what they're gonna get in return of working with you. A part of focusing on exactly what I'm gonna get because it's is really either way is not going to be a good way to uh, do business with others because they're just gonna find themselves talking with someone that just thinks about themselves and 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 you're dealing with people that have a a situation going on that you don't know and ultimately uh, when you get them on, on get on the phone with them. They, they really are not going to express everything right away. All their pain or emotions or motivation that they have, uh, you have to really build it up. You have to really extract it. And I think you have created a really good uh, sales team right now that are uh, really responsible making that happen because that's part of your core value as a company. Absolutely. Right? So yeah, right. I love that. Uh, now, uh, I know that a lot of people are really stuck at three, five contracts a month. A mm-hmm. lot of people, they're stuck around that around that stage. Uh, you're already past that. Your momentum is only going to continue growing, It's going to be scaling up. But what is it that really have helped you and accelerate uh, a little bit of that transition from this education that you've taken, from this mistakes that you've that you've done that you just mentioned and this let's say five years of real estate investing experience
0: yeah Yeah, i would say first and foremost you brought it up just 30 seconds ago it's the people um the culture that you bring the talent that you bring in is is the difference that's the number one difference it's the people that you are the leader for um those other scenarios that's Simply upping marketing, uh, knowing what your key your performance indicators are, your KPIs, um, knowing your financials uh, are all very, very critical things, but it all starts with the people first. Uh, Sir Richard Branson is, is notorious for saying, don't worry about anything else except for your people first. If your people are doing well, everything else is going to have a great ripple to it. But if your people are not treated well, it's going to ripple in a bad way to the other people. You're not going to have people who love what they do you're not going to have people who are passionate about when they're on the phone calls and you're not going to have people who are passionate about helping people that is where culture comes in and if if the leader tries making it only about profit then the people are going to only think about profit that is why that our purpose is called improving lives through real estate we improve lives that is so important you have to improve the people's lives That is where your value add is in any single transaction. Are you helping improve that person's life? If not, what are you doing, right? Why are they not just listing it? Why are they not just going with somebody else? If you are making a difference in that person's life, if they feel like you built that kind of rapport and trust with them, that is where you get them. And that's where we have a great amount of uh, success is having repeat people. We have people with portfolios that are working deals with us time after time after time. And it only happens when you do the right thing for the people.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, man. And now it, it has given you a domino effect where now you can are going to improve people's lives in other areas that are outside of your uh, comfort zone, such as now you're going to other states. Yeah. You're going to be able to do that in other states. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have built a disposition process that allows you to keep helping those homeowners uh, in creative ways as well and uh, making sure that you also get money for your company to continue growing. Yep. So I, I ab- absolutely applaud that from you, man, and uh, from the team. But I also want to uh, understand a little bit more and for the people listening here, um, they are running multi, multi-state-wide campaigns uh, and the way that they're doing it is they are actually leveraging inbound marketing a lot, okay? Uh, because you can, yes, pull a lot of different lists on different counties and states and different areas, but it's just going to be a lot of work. So they're definitely doing a lot of inbound. And not only that, but uh, Mr. David and Jason, they're doing creative deals left and right. Uh, tell, me, tell me more about you starting out uh, creative financing and how it really has helped. You shape the future of your company.
0: Yeah, man. So, so you want to talk about trial and error? Trial and error has come from creative financing for me. Um, it is something probably year two. Um, there was somebody that was a local real estate investor who who had a principal only kind of creative financing approach, and I did that course and didn't do too well with it last year uh, it, when this whole uh, pandemic was hitting. Jason and I both thought of, well, what can we add to our current, uh, offer essentially to make sure that we are saturating every possible lead, right? So creative financing comes into play again. And we did it a couple of times uh, there. And I was just like, something is just not hundred percent clicking. I was still doing trial and error, trial and error. uh, And then I got another coach and another course. And from there, this is three courses now, people. I I want everybody to realize three, three courses that I paid for and coaches that I paid for on one subject, and that was creative financing. And that's where trial and error comes into play. Now, you know, it's it's people calling it an overnight success kind of thing. No, no, no. It's been a lot of money. It's been a lot of time. And it's having the right people around you to have the right, to ask the right questions. Then we can structure. That's where it all comes from. The creative financing has... Um, helped out the people, it makes it easier for our buyers to buy. And it also allows us to be purchasing more properties because we get more leverage.